Hi everyone, this is Amanda Borchel Dan. And I'm Jessica Steinberg, your host for Times Will Tell, a weekly podcast from the Times of Israel. Welcome to this week's Times Will Tell. We're speaking today to Norwegian film, TV, and stage actress Anneke van der Liep and Israeli director Uri Barbash, who work together on the current Netflix series, The Girl from Oslo, which is racking up views placed in the top 10 of series watched in more than 36 countries. The 10-part series begins with the kidnapping of a young woman, the Norwegian Pia, who has traveled to vacation in Sinai with two Israeli friends. All three are kidnapped, and the kidnappers request the release of 12 Islamic State prisoners, including one in Norway, or they will kill the hostages. Pia's mother, Alex, played by Anake, travels to Israel to make contact with two former colleagues, the Israeli Arik, who is a politician, and her Palestinian friend, Leila. This brave group of Islamic State fighters, two Israelis. The Islamic State have two demands. Pia, why was she, why was she in Sinai? The place is a popular tourist destination. See, there are certain situations where we go in and negotiate, but you know, most cases are dependent. The abducted children. Oh my. I have to put pressure on the Norwegian authorities. We must, we have to, uh, we have to get that prisoner out. Now, Anneke is a well-known Norwegian actress who spent three months in Israel during the pandemic filming this. She was the only Norwegian on the set because of the pandemic and everyone else couldn't get to Israel. Uri Barabash, of course, is a veteran director. One of his very best-known films is the 1984 film Beyond the Walls, nominated for the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. And it's about an overcrowded prison where Jewish and Arab inmates set aside their prejudices and unite in a very daring escape plan. But of course, there have been many movies and shows since then. In the meantime, let's bring on Anake and Uri. Hello and welcome to you both. Hello. Thank you. Shalom, everybody. So congratulations to you both really on the fantastic success of this series 20 million people watching it in the first week alone, which is, as we know, is Netflix. Even with Netflix, that is no what? small number. Wow. Yes, that many. So it's a show, as you, of course, know, that takes on so many subjects. Israel, ISIS, Hamas, Oslo, Palestinian and Israeli conflict, personal relationships of husbands, wives, and children, terror, mourning. And I'm going to do my best, by the way, to get through this without giving any spoilers. And if there will be any spoilers, I will warn listeners ahead of time. Uri, I'd love to start with you. I know that you came in a little bit later in terms of creating, of putting this show together and directing it. Did you ever question the sheer range of subjects and issues that, that are raised in the show? I mean, no doubt, uh... The girl from Oslo, it's, uh, it's quite a challenge. Uh, first of all, just think of it, uh, the show speaks four languages, Hebrew, Arabic, English, and Norwegian. And the show takes place in five different planets all over the world, in Oslo, in Jerusalem, in Sinai, in Gaza, in Tel Aviv, 
in tunnels underworld, in war rooms, in private houses. So it's really a huge, splendid, I would say, uh, challenge uh, to, to, to cope with. And we had Norwegian actors like Anneke, the main uh, character. We had Israelis, we were Palestinians. So how can you make a film with such a Babylon Tower, you know? It's really a Babylon right. Tower. <laughs> and we all know what was at the end of Babylon. Fortunately, right. fortunately, fortunately <laughs> enough, we did succeed to touch the sky and the Babylon wasn't destroyed. It's a miracle. <laughs> ah, and don't forget, we have to add the COVID-19, which right. was part of our production all over. I mean, when Anneke, every time when she came over to Israel, we couldn't meet her. She was taken from the airport immediately to her apartment for two weeks isolation. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Anneke, what do you want to say about that? Just about the sheer range yeah, the, the first time I was in Israel was in February. So that was kind of uh, just before the pandemic uh, started. So then we could meet. But but uh, when I went home on the airplane, I had the mask because it was just uh, discovered. This, so we were lucky. But when I came back, it was two weeks. And uh, for me, it was in a way a very good period because I could study. I could uh, really... Uh, go into it. And the climate changes was also a challenge for me. So it was very uh, nice time, actually. But it was frustrating anyway, of course. How was it to be the only Norwegian among all? In other words, when you were in Israel on the set, how was that to be the only person from your background? In a way, I think for me, it was nice because uh, then I didn't have to, to relate to my own uh, people, you know. So uh, it was something completely new. It was um, exciting. I loved to work with, with Uri and he was very including. And uh, I think the, the thing is that the Norwegian and the Israeli film world is very, is very similar. It's about the same amount of people, the same amount of actresses and actors. It's, uh, it's the same film workers in, in different films. They know each other. It was very similar, actually. Hmm. Because it's, they're both such small film industries, you're saying. Yeah, and not, uh, not, very, uh, not very nosy. It's very, you know, down to earth and easy. Right. Let me, I'm going to try and ask that last question again. When you're creating a show like The Girl from Oslo, which deals with events that have the kinds of events that have actually taken place in real life, kidnappings, terrorist organizations, real locations. How do you find that balance between reality and fiction? Because this is obviously a work of fiction. As the director, how do you approach that? I mean, reality doesn't really interest me while making a film uh, because you are inventing a completely new world. I mean, for example, when you create with Anneke, the character of Alex, mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with reality relating to her biography or my biography or her politics or my politics. It's something that we have really to dig inside ourselves, inside our psyche, in order to bring it up. So uh, 
No doubt, uh, the girl from Oslo deals with issues which are very much part of our, uh, shall I say, reality here in the Middle East. But it's not, mm-hmm. it's not really part of the film. Because, you know, no doubt it's a thriller. It's a political thriller. It sets a huge drama, a kidnapping drama in the middle, in, in mid of Sinai. But it's a love story. The core, right. the heart beating of the film, it's a heart story. Alex and Arik were real lovers 26 years ago. And this love still exists. And for me, it's a love story. It's a story about men and women. It's a story about parents and children. It's a story about lies and secrets. And uh, so... So it's not reality, it's, a, it's an interior uh, world of the characters rather than uh, the reality that we see on, on, uh, on news reports, for example. Also the Daesh right. people, when you talk about Yusuf, who is one of the characters in the Daesh group, he's a character. He laughs, mm-hmm. he is afraid, he has a mother, he completely uh, loses his mind. But he's a character. He's not a Daesh. Anake, how do you see that situation? Also coming in from the outside. Yeah, I, I agree. That, uh, I had this, um, you know, my character in, uh, in the script was very much, she's the mother, you know? Sure. Uh, and I, I, I was really struggling. What is, what is her um, uh, work? What, what is her biography? And so on. And I was really stressing this with the Norwegian director and so on. And when I came down to Israel and talked with Uri, he just sit down on, on his office, sit down, and we will go through your bi- biography. You know, <laughs> half an hour. I was just, oh, wow, thank you. That was what I was looking for. So I was very pleased. Yeah. How would you define as Alex's biography? Who is she? Wow. <laughs> you have to see. No, uh, she's been working with, uh, with peace processes. Uh, she is an intellectual. Uh, she's a mother, of course. She's independent. She is uh, a loving person. Uh, she, as Uri says, she, she likes life, sex, everything music she's kind of um, yeah she's an intellectual and she's also uh, a person who looks out over uh, her own country's borders you know so yeah something like that i must admit that uh, alex becomes a kind of a monster during the film she is doing everything everything against all odds in order to save her daughter. She's a real courageous, how shall I say, she has no mercy, only in order to save her uh, daughter, Pia. But that is the situation. There's the situation, but the situation brings up or brings out some of her psyches. It was there. It was hidden probably, but it came out. I think that's what was the love affair with Arik years ago. It's not her. She's not a woman that jumps from bed to bed. Not at all. She loves Carl and she lives with Carl, her husband. But still, right. in a certain moment, love takes over. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if... 
What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing, environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Throughout the show, I kept on thinking, do they how, what do they really feel about each other now? Because there is no spoiler alert here. It doesn't necessarily feel that there is it, it was a it was a connection that they made a long time ago. And then of course they have not seen each other in many, many years. And now there's this huge event and drama that is taking place that is that joins the two of them. But the how they the two of them feel, it sort of feels like a a warm connection, but one that, again, that is based about something that took place that was ancient history. That's how it felt to me, the viewer, at least. Now we are touching a very delicate spot because it was uh, some of my discussions with the Norwegian producers. Uh, I thought that Alex and Arik should be lovers today in, in, uh, in present time as well. I mean, love really? wasn't uh, wiped off. I mean, it's part of them. And uh, you are right that in the final outcome of the series, they, are, they have a very warm, intimate, so-called intimate uh, relations. But love doesn't really flourish between them, from my point of view, unfortunately. But that's inside information, you know. <laughs> I'm sharing with you inside information. But did you want it to be more of it? Or was it, we talked very much about that should be this kind of respect of their choices. And if, if Alex had gone too far into the love affair, she would lose. Because the main thing is that she has to deal with him. Uh, and also have respect for his family if she you know, could go through to him on this project with the, the daughter, you know? So it's delicate. She couldn't, you know, just go in. He would just do like this, I think. No, it's impossible. You know, when I met Alex the first time, here it's a love affair, me towards Alex. I really, <laughs> uh, yes, I really fell in love professionally and uh, as a human being because she's a... Uh, She's not just a wonderful actress, deep actress, invention. Uh, so uh, she has no limits as an actress, which is wonderful. But before everything, she is a wonderful human being. And I'm not see- saying it only because she's part of uh, this uh, podcast. She's really a wonderful w- human being. And that's why being an Israeli or Norwegian or Middle East or Europe means nothing because we are human beings and she is really wonderful human being. 
In Yiddish, we say she is a mensch. Anake, you're a mensch. <laughs> you hear that? Thank you. <laughs> you know what a mensch is? I, I bet she does after yes, all these yes, months. Yes. I'm sure I'm sure Anake <laughs> does know what that is. Absolutely. She does speak some Hebrew already. Anake, do you want to share your Hebrew? <laughs> Maybe I have forgotten, but uh, it will soon come <laughs> back, you know, when I come back. <laughs> there was a lot of Hebrew around my ears, and I tried to say, please speak a little bit of English so I can be a part of this now, you know? Right, exactly. So you can be part of the conversation without working too hard. Um, and what, speaking of, of love and relationships, I was wondering about the younger actors, uh, about their characters, of course. There even seems to be... I didn't know if you were trying to get at that, Uri. There even seems to be the there's the relationship between Pia and Nadav. There's relationship in a sense between Pia, Nadav, and Yusuf. And obviously they've spent all of this intensive time together, terrifying time together, but there's they're leaning on each other, right? They they're depending on each other in a lot of different ways as they are trying to get out of this situation and and get back to safety. Was that something that you were consciously molding in the storyline? Was that something that emerged throughout the process of filming? No doubt it was very much uh, intentionally. I mean, the relations between uh, Nadav and Pia uh, and Shira at the beginning until she's, I don't want sure. to spoil. And, uh, no, yeah. and Yusuf, it's a very, very uh, interesting and powerful character uh, because he's part of Daesh, but he's making the most difficult decision. I don't, I'm trying not to spoil yes. <laughs> the story, but he's really, he's really, he's getting on a very, very dramatic journey, Yusuf. Uh, right. Maybe even the most interesting journey and, uh, okay, I won't say how it ends because I won't spoil it. Spoil. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, Nadav and Pia, from my point of view, if there will be a second session, they, something will happen between Nadav and Pia. I believe okay. so. In the next season, maybe. Yeah, I am I'm saying the next season, something yeah. should happen between Adav and Pia <laughs> because uh, it's not only that they had a very intensive, terrifying times while they have been kidnapped by Daesh in Sinai, something else happens between them. That's what I believe mm -hmm. in. And in second, uh, the second season, maybe something will happen between Alex and, and um, Arik. No doubt, from my point of view, no doubt. I mean, I, I, I'm trying not to spoil, but how Alex can go back to Carl now? I don't have an answer, but it's a question. I think she will go back to Israel or Arik will come and, and uh, do something. You think Arik's going <laughs> to leave his position and go to Norway? Hmm, hard to say, hard to say. He hard. loses everything. So uh, right. what can he do, you hmm. know? Maybe it take revenge. I don't no, know. No, Anike, no spoilers. No spoilers. Uh -oh. Anike, question for you. You are asked to deal, I mean, as Uri described, you're asked to deal, your character's asked to deal with so much, so many emotions. And you're in, you're this character who's in a foreign, you know, essentially in a foreign place, trying to rescue her daughter 
Her husband's back home in Norway. You've got your former lover who is the person you're depending on to make this all happen. How did you channel all those emotions? I know you're I know you're a professional actor, but still, what did you do to channel all of that? Well, in the first place, uh, it was kind of, you know, it's the, one of the first uh, shows or, or films I've done in, uh, in English, you know. So working with the, with the language and working with the actors and, uh, you know, um, uh, I think the, the challenge is to kind of, uh, what do you say, to, um, you know, when does, <laughs> here she cries, here she does not cry, you know, it's kind of, it's so much emotions and it's, it's always, you know, also in the script and, and so on, it's, it's always, you know, on the edge. So, um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I just try to feel, try to stay open. You know, what is happening right now in the scene? Uh, yeah, I think I, I just tried to try to um, take it from the others, <laughs> you know, kind of uh, be in the moment, um, more or less. Hmm. Right. You also, Uri, I think you had said to me earlier that uh, there was a lot of conversation, a lot of discussion that was happening between this very large cast that you had, the cast and the crew it was pretty big. And there were and there was a lot of time that you guys spent on your own on location, because it was also the pandemic, and there weren't other people around. Was that in your sense, in, in your eyes, something kind of unusual for this kind of situation, given the pandemic, given the location, that it, it allowed people to come together and talk about things in a way that doesn't usually happen on a set? I think uh, I think it was a very good um, uh, use of time. I think uh, Uri was very good. Uh, you are good to. I mean, you always set us together before uh, before we begin to shoot going through the scenes, talking about each uh, and every character uh, every day, you know, every day. And this was kind of, um, you always knew that you were taken care of. And uh, this gave a kind of uh, safety, uh, calmness, uh, good vibrations. You know, I wanted to hug Uri all the time, but I couldn't. <laughs> That's funny. Uri? <laughs> I think the COVID-19 did uh, good to us in the sense that we had to be completely isolated. Uh, uh, no doubt, uh, most of the, or many of the locations were isolated anyway, but, but you know, filmmaking is a social encounter. That's the main core of filmmaking, social encounter. That's what's so beautiful in filmmaking. I'm making films not because I like cameras or I like uh, lighting or editing. I make films because I like people, because I like the actors, I like the, the crew members. We became kind of a big, huge, large family, even though everyone was coming from everywhere, all over the place. And uh, But that's the main... From my point of view, the main core of filmmaking, social encounter, human encounter. And here in The Girl from Oslo, it was wonderful because, again, Anneke from Norway, uh, Yusuf from uh, Nazareth, uh, 
from all over the place we came. And uh, right. very quickly, I, I felt, at least from my point of view, that very quickly we became very much uh, a family with the problems that you have in family life. It's okay, but right. still a family. <laughs> you definitely had a lot of problems <laughs> not you but the characters had many many problems yeah absolutely you're telling me that there's a good chance that there's going to be a second season of the girl from us of the girl from oslo i i don't know it's not up to up to us to uh to make the decision we hope so but maybe we can do something else <laughs> <laughs> no doubt I would like very much to work again with Annika. That's no doubt about it. Yeah, me too. It would be fantastic. Really, I really want to go back to Israel. And by we're, as we're speaking, my daughter is actually on her way to Tel Aviv right now. Really? She's in the airplane. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's going to visit a friend and do yoga courses to be a yoga teacher. So it's, uh, I hope everything will <laughs> work out. So, uh, well, yeah. unlike Alex and Pia, I'm glad that you knew that she was going. Yeah. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Annika van der Leep and Uri Barbash, thank you very much for being with The Times Will Tell. We appreciate your time and all that inside information that we got to learn about the girl from Oslo. It just adds to the viewing experience. So we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to Times Will Tell from the Times of Israel. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein. Please subscribe wherever you find your podcast and check out our daily briefing news show every Sunday through Thursday. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. Until next week. Shalom. Shalom.